Welcome back to The Flowering Compass, a teen's journey to self-discovery, where we talk to teens about their perspectives on life, self-discovery, and the process of growing up. I'm your host, Maddie, and today I'll be talking to Kyler. Kyler is a sophomore in high school who homeschools, swims, and has her own podcast. Her podcast is called Teens Aged. On it, she and her co-host, Alex, talk about books, weird perspectives, and their opinions on the world. You can find them on Instagram at teens underscore aged. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Kyler. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. I'm really glad that we get to talk today. And I would love to open up our conversation and just talk a bit about your experience homeschooling. Do you enjoy it? Yeah, so I really enjoy homeschooling. Um, It's given me a lot of freedom to explore what I want to do and honestly learn a lot about what I like and what I don't like. Um, I pretty much, I do it, so there are some homeschoolers that run a very strict homeschool schedule that basically replicates the schooling schedule of whatever state they're in. I do it a little differently. I have a very open schedule and I just kind of pick classes that I want to take. So it gives me a lot of freedom to explore. I don't have to deal with peer pressure as much. And it's just honestly been a really great experience for me. And I totally understand that it might not be for everyone, but it was definitely a really good choice for me. And what to you are some of the biggest upsides to homeschooling? Oh, gosh. Um, There's a lot of them. So some just silly ones off the top of my head are I get to eat whenever the heck I want. Um, Eating... uh, Not having, like, strict times when I can eat is nice, um, but that's kind of a really silly one. Um, But the biggest one is probably getting to pick what I want to do. So I had to repeat history a lot because I switched schools between the time of elementary school and middle school. Like, end of elementary school, throughout my middle school, I switched schools quite a bit. And so I had to repeat U.S. history three years in a row. And... It, it gets boring because they, like, middle school history is the same. Um, they don't switch it up between schools or anything. So I learned the same content three years in a row. And for some reason, I still remember none of it, um, which is slightly sad. But uh, so I didn't take history this year, which has been a lot of fun. And, like, I'm not saying... I will never take history ever again. I will start taking it again. But it's nice to be able to take a break from subjects that you don't necessarily want to learn. And I'm not saying I never learn history. There's history that I learn, but it isn't thought of as traditional history. I read a lot of books. And in those books, I get some history. I take classes. And when I'm exploring a topic, I learn about the history of that topic. So I've learned about the history of psychology, the history of economics, um, a lot of history of marine biology, history of criminal justice, things like that. So it's not necessarily standard history, but um, it's still something that I get to, I don't have to do as like a history, history class. And that's like an example of something that I really didn't like to do. So I don't have to do it in the traditional way. And if there's something I want to explore, I can explore that That's really nice because I'm not being forced to, you know, there's so many job opportunities in the world and school covers so few of those topics, I think. And so when you're told to go to college, you have all of these new options and you're like, well, I don't know what I like because I've never actually experienced or looked at any of these things. And so that's what I've been really enjoying doing is I took the one thing I'm really, really interested in that I think I might want to potentially major in in college And I told myself, okay, during the years you're homeschooling, you're not going to look at that. You're going to look at every possible other thing. So I've explored criminal justice. I've explored psychology. I've explored economics. I want to explore engineering in the coming years or the coming year a little bit. Um, So just really exploring what I like, what I don't like. And so I would say that is probably the biggest benefit. The second biggest benefit is not having peer pressure and not having people... um, constantly around me because that's basically the main reason I pulled out of school is because I had kids who would really affect my ability to get my work done in class because they wouldn't pay attention and then the teacher would have to explain things over and over and over and over 
And had the teacher not had to explain those things, I would have been able to start on my homework. But because he had, they, whatever gender the teacher is, had to explain those things over and over and over, I wasn't able to start on my homework. And so I was just getting a lot of work that I thought was unnecessary. So it really helps because I get to explore what I want and I get to do it on my time with whatever pace I'm learning at. So those are probably the biggest benefits I found to homeschooling. Yeah, and those are pretty big benefits. Would you say that you're a lot more efficient with homeschool and you're able to use your time a lot wiser? Yeah, um, so I'm going to start by saying that I have pretty good time management skills. This has come from years of me swimming on a very competitive team and having to go to school. And so part of that is just my personality. Um, But yeah, I have been able to be more efficient. Um, It's a lot less busy work. So everything I'm doing tends to have a purpose and a point and something I'm learning from it. And I'm not just, you know, having an assignment because the teacher needed to fill time. Um, I also don't have a lot of live classes, which makes it so I can learn at my own pace. You know, if I'm struggling with a math concept, I can go back, figure out where I messed up, and spend a few days practicing, and then I can move forward. And so that, while it seems less efficient in the short term because I'm stopping, relearning stuff, it's more efficient in the long term because all of these skills build on top of each other. And so I'm not struggling in the future trying to figure out how to do this and this and this and this because it's all built up. And suddenly I realize I don't have a basic understanding of a building block that all of these other topics have built on. Um, And on top of that, I can work at my prime hours. I don't have to work at 7 a.m. if I don't want to. Uh, And a lot of times I do math really late at night because that's just when I do math. Um, I will get home at like seven from practice and I will start doing math at eight or nine at night because that's just when I'm best at doing math and when I'm tired or something I'll do something a little easier maybe I'll read a book so it just it makes sure you're using your time most efficiently because you're not going to be most efficient at certain tasks at like you're going to be efficient at certain tasks at certain times and so with homeschool I'm really able to use that to my advantage Would you say that homeschool has helped you learn a lot about yourself since you have a lot more flexibility in your schedule and and with what you get to choose? Yeah, it it definitely has. Um, You know, I get to learn. It's helped me understand, like, basic things, like what time my body functions best at, like what time my brain functions best at. Um, It's helped me understand what I'm good at and what I need to be better at because you don't have people constantly motivating you and so if somebody's not constantly over your shoulder about getting something done it's really going to show where your motivations lie with that topic and how you need to motivate yourself to do that and so you also spend a lot of time with yourself and that you get to know yourself pretty well. You get to know what you like, what you don't like, what's going to work for you. Um, and it's really helpful because, you know, I feel like I have a pretty good understanding of not necessarily everything about myself, but, you know, it's really helped me understand what I like, what I don't like, how I like to learn, what times I like to learn at, what subjects I'm good at, what subjects I'm going to need more help with. Um And I mean, other things too, it just really gives me a lot of freedom to experiment. Like peer pressure doesn't really exist because I'm home all day and my family isn't going to do that. So, you know, if I decide that I want to completely change my entire style of like clothing, entire clothing style tomorrow, Uh, excluding cost factors and like having to get that like nobody would blink an eye I don't have to worry about that pressure and so it's really given me the freedom to experiment with 
a lot of different things. Um, one of the biggest examples was I thought I would like economics. And let me tell you, I was really, really wrong. Um, I think some of it's interesting, but I know economics is not for me. And you know what? Now I know that. Um, and I don't think I would have taken an economics class in school because they didn't offer it at this age at my school. So, you know, it's like, well, now I know and now I'm not going to go pursue that anymore. So really, I think it just comes down to freedom. I have a lot of freedom to experiment. And if something doesn't work, there are no really no consequences. Maybe like minor ones, but no long-term consequences. And so I think that has helped me learn a lot. Of- yeah, it also seems that all the consequences would be very natural consequences. They wouldn't be inflicted like by peers or by a teacher. It'd be like, well, you know, if you don't do something or if you... Um, you know, don't like something and the consequence of you choosing to, you know, not continue it is, well, it's not even a consequence anymore. It's, it's, it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, I think that, um, natural consequences are often better than, you know, the ones that are inflicted by parents or whatever, because they're natural. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's you paying the price naturally rather than someone else inflicting it on you. So you realize, oh, when I do that, I'm going to receive this consequence, not because a teacher's going to inflict it on me, but because if I make this decision, this is what's going to happen. Yeah, and the best example I could give of that with my own personal experience is definitely sleep schedules. I messed around a lot with that when I started homeschooling, and there was a point in time where I was sleeping 12 hours a night. I'm not even joking about that. I was sleeping for 12 hours, and... Part of that was my body needing to recharge, but part of that was my sleep schedule not working. Um, You're going to naturally wake up at the same time. And so the time I wake up is pretty early, considering most people. I wake up around 7.30. I also go to bed pretty early because I like to sleep. But if I stay up too late, I will wake up at the same time and I will get no sleep. If I go to bed too early, I will, if I go to bed too early, I will sleep until that time. And sometimes there are times if I go to bed really late, really, really late, um, I will sleep in later than is proportional. Like say I'm getting eight hours of sleep, but I shift my, like what time I went to bed back, I'll suddenly sleep for 12 hours. And so it's just finding a balance because sometimes more sleep isn't good for you. It's something I had to learn. Um, Did I need 12 hours of sleep? No, no, I didn't. But based on the times I was going to bed and waking up, that's what I was getting. And so it's just things like that. That had a consequence on me and only me. I didn't have parents yelling at me because I was getting up too late. I didn't have teachers yelling at me because I was late for class. Things like that. Like it only really affected me. Or, you know, say I try a class for a week and I'm like, oh, no, this topic is not for me. Well, that's a minor inconvenience to myself and really nobody else. Yeah. And I think what you said about sleep is really, really interesting because I guess I've, I've never really thought about that. And I think it is interesting to look at, well, maybe too much sleep, you know, isn't good for you. So I think that that's really interesting. And when you started this whole homeschooling process, were you as good as at, at time management and all this kind of stuff? Did you come in having um, already those kind of set abilities or were you able to like, or were they kind of non-existent and you were able to create them? Um, so it's kind of a combination, honestly. So I had good time management skills from public school. And then I switched to an online school for a year, which is basically what everybody else in the world is doing right now during COVID. It's, uh, you know, they log on at a certain time and they do work from their computer. So I did that for a year and that was very much like school. So basically same time time management. The only thing is, is all of my assignments were due at the end of the semester. So if I wanted to do all of the classes or assignments for one class, in like three weeks and then move on to the next class and the next class and just do that for an entire semester I could and so that's where I really learned the skill of motivating yourself is you don't have somebody over your shoulder telling you when and what to do it or how to do it when to do it 
things like that. And so I had to learn and it was a learning curve. Um, there was some, definitely a lot of learning. Uh, I think I had to do 15, yeah, 15 history assignments in, uh, three days because I was behind. Uh, yeah. So it's just like, you have to learn that. And the second semester of that school, I did a lot better because I had gained that skill. But then when I switched to homeschool, homeschool, like what I'm doing now, it's an entirely different skill because there are going to be things that you don't want to do. And that's like, that's just how it works. And having to do those things in a timely fashion is something I've had to struggle with a little bit because, you know, sometimes there's a math topic that I'm really not looking forward to doing. And I don't have anybody telling me anymore, not even a semester. I can finish math whenever I want to. And so I've had to learn that, you know, I have to get that done at a certain time. And there's, so I actually did a little bit of research on this when I first started homeschooling because I wanted to be the most productive possible because I want to get a lot of stuff done. I have a lot of dreams and I like to get them done. And so I was like, well, how do I make that happen? And there's this really interesting book called uh, The Productivity Pro Project. No. Yeah, The Productivity Project. Um, I don't remember who it's by right now, but uh, he talks about all of these different theories about how you can be the most productive person you can. And like what's going to help, what's not going to help. And one of the, th there's this really interesting law that like, time will fill to the space you allow it. And I don't have a set class schedule. And so if I say, oh, I wake up at seven, oh, you have till lunch to finish this assignment, right? Well, and say that assignment would could take me like 30 minutes, right? That assignment will suddenly take me like three to four hours to do, right? Because I said I have three to four hours to do it. And so it's really making sure that I don't have the time to do that because I can make an assignment take weeks on end because I have the time to, but that's not necessarily good for me. And I still want to get a lot of things done. So a lot of setting timers and being like, okay, you're going to get this done in the next hour, this done in the next hour. So knowing how long tasks take so I can really measure out how I need to chunk my time to make sure that I'm not extending a task for longer than it needs to be. Yeah, and I am definitely someone who struggles with procrastination, you know, and I would say that I'm kind of like you. I have a lot of dreams. I have a lot of aspirations. I want to do a lot, and that is something that definitely holds me down um, because I'm somewhat of an overachiever procrastinator, which is not a good combination. It's kind of like, you know, if you're a perfectionist and you're a procrastinator, they're kind of in the same bucket right there. It's like, they just don't mix well. Yeah, I'm the perfectionist procrastinator. I will procrastinate something, but I will also make sure everything is as perfect as it possibly can be. Yeah, and aside from learning to set timers, um, which is a really, really good tip, and, you know, just giving yourself an allotted amount of time to say, hey, I'm going to do this, in 30 minutes and I can make it take two hours or I could just say I'm going to do it in 30 minutes uh, because done is better than perfect or done is better than you know doing all the extra you know I get you know a teacher gives me you know 10 questions says okay do five of them or do three of them you know pick and choose and I am like eh, I'll do five or I'll do this or I'll do whatever you know it's like done is better than perfect because if you try to make it perfect or you try to do it all um you it just it one it will never be perfect two you can never do it all so those are both losing games um mm -hmm. that you know we still can we still choose to continue to play um but it's just kind of learning and realizing done's better than perfect and what other advice or what other ways have you learned to kind of handle and in some ways control your perfectionism uh so one way is Oh, let me think. Um, so with a lot of schoolwork, I think understanding what my teacher is 
going like understanding what the standard is and then striving to meet that standard and not go above it because my natural instinct is to go above the standard and so it's if my natural instinct is to go way above the standard trying to meet that standard is, is going to kind of bring that to a middle point so just trying to do that um you know setting time limits has helped quite a bit um also just being like not necessarily like just trying to be confident in what you're saying like if you're writing an essay you know trying to be like know the topic and try and explain it in as a concise manner as possible because sometimes I like to go over like above and beyond and it backfires sometimes because you know I try and use all of these fancy word and fancy definitions and I don't like if you're trying to be above the standard but you know it's a question and then suddenly you haven't answered the question because you've explained all of these other things and it's just kind of taken away from your answer really taken away from your answer because you've you've explained all of these other things that have some relevance but aren't completely relevant so trying to be concise as possible has helped a little bit um also just understanding that it's not going to be perfect it's not going to be what you want because for me I'm a perfectionist I like everything to be perfect but taking from the flaws whatever flaws I found in my work and trying to fix that next time and knowing that I will attempt to fix that next time kind of helps me be okay with what I am doing currently because you know I know it's going to get better but it doesn't have to be perfect right now because I will improve on this um I'm not sure if I have too many more good ideas time limits is the one that really saves me quite a bit um, making sure I can't, you know, overthink it. I just start writing and finishing the assignment without, you know, being a perfectionist about it. That is the biggest one I would recommend to anybody struggling with, you know, perfectionism and procrastination. Yeah. And the other one I just would like to add on to you real quick from procrastination I found is just getting started. So often I just like procrastinate actually starting. And then once I get started, ideas just start to flow. So I'm like, oh, I have no ideas for this, you know. I have to write an essay for history about whatnot, you know. And I don't really want to write it, so I'm going to procrastinate, procrastinate. But once I sit down and actually start writing it, ideas just flow. Because I know this information, I've learned this, you know. I just need to sit down and actually get started. I think if we just get started, if we take that first step, which sometimes can be really hard it can be really hard to say okay I'm gonna do this you know I understand that as a procrastinator I'm like it's fine it's fine it's fine or whatever it's like no it's not fine if I just sit my butt down and do it I feel so much better off the back end and it also doesn't take me one as long as I thought and two it's often not as hard as I thought either because it's like I know this stuff or I can you know use the notes that I took to look up and figure it out or whatever. It's like, but just once you sit down and get started, it becomes so much easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've done that too. It's just like, you know, sometimes you just really don't want to do something. You just have to sit down and start doing it. Yeah. And how do you think just overall homeschooling has impacted who you are? Um, I, I feel like it's impacted a lot of my personal views if that makes sense like it's given me time to develop ideas and things how I want to develop them and that's another nice thing I'm not constantly in a class where my opinions are being influenced by others if I'm learning a content or I'm learning material I'm more confident in being able to say you know this is what I think this is what I got from the material I'm learning and so I think it really helps you create your own ideas about things and so that's something it's really helped with um it definitely has impacted my 
style, if that makes sense. Um, you know, things that I wouldn't have had the chance to experiment with in a, a public school for fear of peer pressure. Or, you know, not necessarily peer pressure, but like the idea that somebody, you know, might comment on something, you know, if I suddenly decided I want to change how I look or something like that. And so it's given me a lot of freedom to experiment with, you know, what I want myself to look like. And so one of those things was like, I decided to shave the side of my head. And nobody influenced that decision. I might not have done it if I was in public school because I didn't want to get comments on it. And not because, you know, I'm like being pressured or anything. It's just sometimes, you know, I don't want to be the center of attention. I don't want that attention drawn to me. Um, another thing is I think it's helped me be more comfortable spending time alone. Like, I've already been pretty comfortable spending time alone, but, like, you know, understanding how my moods work, how my emotions work, what's gonna help, what's gonna hurt that, um, helps me deal with things quicker because I know I used to try and suppress any negative emotion I would try and always be really happy and positive and I'm not saying I don't do that anymore I think it's great to be happy and positive but I don't necessarily keep that um keep that image up for others when I'm home alone all the time so you know if I'm constantly trying to be happy and positive I'm not ever going to potentially deal with any negative emotion like say I got a bad grade on a test but I'm always trying to be happy and positive around my friends to you know just really bring that positive energy I'm never going to deal with any emotions, negative emotions I might have about that bad test grade. And so it'll take me weeks potentially, or it used to take me weeks to potentially get through that, get through being mad about that. And so now it's given me, I mean, one, I have a new philosophy about how I deal with negative emotions, but two, it helps me deal with it in a timely fashion. And so, you know, I think really understanding how my emotions work and how my moods work um, is really helpful because, you know, if I don't want to be around people because I'm having a bad day, I don't have to be around people. And so just, you know, understanding myself and how that works is really the main thing that I think I've improved a lot on. Yeah. And everything that you've talked about, you know, that homeschool has really helped you out with is, you know, it's, it's very important knowing how you work, you know, what, when your brain works best or not best per se, but you know, when you're able to do things to the best of your ability, um, sleep schedules, just figuring all of that out is a big part about, is a big part of just growing up and learning, you know, how, how, how you work. And I think that, you know, homeschool definitely seems to pose a lot of really wonderful, you know, opportunities. And I'm actually looking into homeschool. My mom and I have been looking into homeschool um, since this whole quarantine thing has started, um, with COVID and all that. So that'll be interesting to see where that goes. Um, we're definitely not sure about it, but I've, I've just loved hearing all of your opinions and thoughts on it. And, um, I would love to ask you because nothing in this world is perfect. You know, we're not perfect people. There is no perfect system. So what would you say is the biggest downside to homeschooling? Uh, the biggest downside to homeschooling, um, one of the things is you have to motivate yourself. And I know I've talked about how it can be difficult sometimes. And it can. Um, and I think that's where a lot of people struggle with it, is really having to motivate yourself. And so that would be one of the biggest downsides. Another biggest downside is if you're not, you're not going to have that social circle around you all the time. Um, I don't see people most of my days and so that can be so I'm I'm introverted so that's not necessarily a big problem for me if I want contact with people I'll go find it but I know I have some extrovert friends who are homeschooled and they're like it can be really hard because I don't want to spend hours alone each day and so sometimes finding other people because homeschooling while it's gained a lot of ground in the recent years there's still not a lot of us doing it and so I think it's really beneficial that you find people who do it with you and you try and engage with those people and have contact with them because 
you're not going to find a lot of people. You might be home on end for days. You're the only one doing your work. You're not going to have group projects, whether that's a good or bad thing. I'm not here to comment on that right now. (laughs) Um, But, you know, you're not going to be around those people all the time. And I think that's something some people struggle with. Um, Another thing, like, I know you really like to act. Um, and you can go to schools, you can still, as a homeschooler, get into schools and do, like, extracurricular activities. Um, in some states, my state allows it. Um, I know some other states have very strict rules. It's very differing between states and countries. But um, uh, it can be more difficult because then you don't know those people, you don't spend hours with them. Uh, another disadvantage is that, um, you know, you don't necessarily have an expert in that subject right there with you all the time. Um, it's a lot of me YouTubing videos if, or like searching up videos on YouTube if I don't understand something. And for some people that might be a little more difficult if they don't have the practice looking up stuff for their own benefit. I know the school system has never worked in my favor where I've understood things when the teacher explained it all the time. And so I've had a lot of practice going to YouTube to learn things. But that's not something everybody has the practice doing. And so I think that could be another thing. Um, Also, it's a lot of freedom. And some people just crack with that. I've seen some people who, you know, if you don't have boundaries with something, you can do anything you want suddenly. Well, then you freeze up because you can do anything you want. And so for me, the biggest thing that helped me from doing this was saying, I'm not going to do anything marine biology related because that's what I think I want to major in right now. And so I told myself, okay, you're going to explore as much as you can in every other subject except marine biology because you're going to do that and you already know you like that. So you're going to go explore other things. But I've seen some people who just go into it and they don't have any things they don't want to do or they don't have any goals that they really want to achieve or restrictions like that. And if you have those restrictions, those make it so you can, you know, actually function properly and pick classes that you want to take instead of just kind of shutting down because you have so much freedom and so many choices because each choice takes a toll on your brain. And if you have so many options, it's just going to overwhelm you. And so there's a lot you can do. And I think that can be really overwhelming for a lot of people. Um, And the biggest thing is it's harder with colleges. Um, It's just something that happens. There are ways to get around it. There's a lot of resources there now. Um, I've read books on it, but you do have to go through some extra hurdles. It takes some extra tests potentially. Um, But there are also some arguments for why it's helpful if you can pull through and actually do those things well. But, you know, that is the biggest downside I've heard to homeschooling. If you want to go to college is it can be a little harder and trickier. I see. And do you think, because you mentioned um, goal setting and how people who don't have any goals kind of struggle. Do you think that goal setting just generally and also when it comes to homeschooling particularly, do you think it's very important? Yeah, I think setting goals is very important because they really help you stay motivated. And like I said, motivation is something that you can lack when you're home all day and nobody's forcing you to do things. It's, it's really funny because, you know, people think they're motivated to get their work done and that external motivation is there to push them, but they have no internal motivation. I have to internally motivate myself to do pretty much everything. And there are days I'm going to be completely honest. I fail miserably and I go sit on the couch and play video games or watch TV all day. I'm going to be completely honest. I do that. Sometimes my motivation is just not there. But a lot of the time, I'm able to motivate myself because I have these goals, because I have these things that I want to do. And so, you know, I want to learn a topic. Well, I'm motivated to learn the topic. I have the goal to learn the topic. I'm going to go learn the topic. Um, And I think that's really helpful. And like I said, you're not going to want to do everything in life like you have to do. I hate grammar and editing. But I need to get better at it, so I have a goal set that I'm going to do, finish this book that is supposed to help me learn grammar and stuff by the end of the year. And so 
I'm slowly working towards that and, you know, reminding myself that I have that goal to work towards is really helpful. And, you know, reminding myself the bigger goal because, you know, finishing that book by the end of the year isn't my bigger goal. Um, I have bigger goals beyond that and really wanting to achieve those helps me kind of keep things in perspective because, you know, I can complain about that book, right? But A, I'm going to gain knowledge from that book that's going to help me with a few of my bigger goals. And B, this book takes me like, an exercise takes me like 20 minutes a day. Like, it's, it's kind of worthless for me to be complaining and complaining and complaining and trying to avoid this task because it's going to help me in the long run. I have so many bigger goals and, you know, knowing these things are going to help me achieve those goals. And so I think they really keep me motivated and keep me pointed in the right direction so that I'm not, you know, straying too far off the path. And sure, I do things that are completely unrelated to my goals sometimes. Again, sitting on the couch watching TV. Um, if COVID didn't exist, I was planning on taking a blacksmithing class. Why? Because I wanted to. Did it serve me any purpose with my future goals? No, but I wanted to. And so I think it's a balance. I think not everything you do needs to fit into one of your goals. But I think, you know, having your goals and making sure the things you do aren't mostly aligning with your goals is pretty important to make sure, you know, you're staying in line with your goals and you're actually going to achieve them. Yeah. And I think that you know, everything you said there is very important. I think goals definitely are something that can be very, very motivating to us. And without them, we can definitely start to kind of drift and lose our path. And even with goals, I think that we should always be trying new things because, you know, you never know when you may discover something you like. Maybe you tried blacksmithing, was it? Yeah, blacksmithing. Blacksmithing, and you really, really enjoyed it. And it was like a new little passion that you found. And maybe you know, I don't know. You could just find all kinds of cool little things and you never know until you try. So I think that's great that homeschool gives you that opportunity to try all these cool new different things. And that to me seems like the biggest upside to it is that you have that freedom and you have to, you know, learn all that, everything that comes with freedom because freedom, you, you do pay a cost for freedom and that cost is a schedule or a pattern. You become independent and you have to learn how to manage that independence and what you're going to do with that independence. And you can make, you know, the decision to be really productive and to, you know, go after your dreams like you are. Or you can make the decision to sit at home and play video games and do stuff here and there and to do the bare minimum and then to just be done with it, you know. So there's definitely a lot of different, um, there's just a big scale when it comes to homeschool about how serious people take it and what people do with it. And I think that that freedom is just definitely, in my eyes, the biggest upside. Yeah, I was going to quickly say on that point, um, the first class I ever did was graffiti because I was like, I want the most ridiculous out there class that I can possibly find. (laughs) And so I taught myself how to do graffiti. Legally. Legally. (laughs) Legal graffiti. That's, that's. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I would love to kind of now segment into talking a bit about your podcast. Why did you and your co-host Alex, why did you guys start a podcast? Um, so I always like to push myself out of my comfort zone and try new things and just, you know, talking isn't something I do a lot. Being on social media or the internet not something I do ever. And so I was like, okay, well, I need, like, I wanted something to do. And funny story, I was reading a book and I I really like the main character in this book and whatever, but it's one of my favorite books of all time. And the characters run a podcast in this book. That is how they connect. That is how they meet. And I wanted to meet new people. I wanted to push myself out of my comfort zone. I wanted to do something that I was learn new skills because, you know, I have the freedom to do all of this. I have all this time with homeschool. And because of COVID, I really wasn't doing anything with it. And so I wanted something I could do. And so Alex at one point had mentioned that they wanted to start a podcast, but they were looking for other people to do it. And I read this book 
And I was like, you know, I should start a podcast. And then I texted Alex and was like, yo, we should start a podcast. <laughs> and then um, it kind of evolved from there. We like to think that we have some interesting perspectives on things from just a life experience. We went through schooling very differently and um, we've noticed that it's kind of impacted our views on certain things, who we know, what we like. Um, we also just kind of wanted a place where we could, you know, experiment with podcasting and put our opinions out in the world. So that's kind of why we started podcasting. Um, at least from my perspective, I don't know Alex's origin story with wanting to start podcasting, actually. Um, I know the point from when I kind of jumped on board, but I do not know from the, uh, like before I jumped on board with this. I see. And how has your podcast influenced you? Has it helped you grow at all? Yeah, I would definitely say it has. Um, I mean, I'm putting my opinions out on the internet. And so, you know, being confident with that and, you know, being comfortable with my opinions a little bit more. I'm still not always super comfortable sharing them, but I think having a podcast has helped. Um, also talking to new people, because I've talked to quite a new people, uh, quite a f- lot of new people since starting a podcast. And a lot of that has been thanks to you, Maddie. But, um, you know, just, and I mean, I've also gained a lot of new skills. Um, I know how to audio edit now, which is not a skill I ever thought I would learn, but you know, now I know how to audio edit. Um, I also... I'm learning a lot of graphic design work and how to make logos and also just how to, you know, communicate with people effectively about ideas and things. Because if I have an idea for an episode and I text Alex and it's not effective, which I've done that quite a few times, it's not going to get across to Alex at all in the way I want it. And so learning how to explain my ideas in a concise but like explanatory manner has also been really helpful um and just a lot of like I feel like very practical skills like you know learning how to communicate better how to have like a professional scheduling type thing a little better audio editing graphic design work all of that um I've really learned from having a podcast yeah and you and Alex actually decided to discontinue your podcast how come yeah so you know, with new things that you jump into, sometimes they don't work out the way you envision them. And so I, we were both kind of getting to the point where, you know, we were like, okay, we either need to revamp the podcast, kind of fix all of the mistakes we made, because, you know, we were not perfect. We were not anywhere near it with our podcast and we made a lot of mistakes in the setting up process of it and we needed to go back and fix those if we wanted to continue the podcast but Alex also kind of realized that you know maybe podcasting isn't for them um right now they have some other interests that they're working on right now I guess working on isn't the right word but there are other interests that they're you know really focusing on right now one of those being theater Uh, They got into a really cool program and it's going to take a lot of time. And so they're like, you know, with homeschooling and this new program, I don't know if I want to be working on this podcast full time. And so we kind of decided that, you know, okay, this podcast is going to take a lot of work to revamp. And I didn't want to do it on my own. And it's kind of our thing, so I didn't want to bring another co-host onto this. And so, you know, maybe I'll start a new podcast in the future. I really like it. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, I'm working on some projects behind the scenes with some other podcasters right now. But, you know, it, it just wasn't going where we envisioned it because we did make a lot of mistakes in the beginning. A lot of mistakes. And, you know... I think a lot of podcasts fail if it's your first time making a podcast is what we've seen, Um, especially with teen podcasters, because there's so much information out there about podcasting and it's hard to nail everything perfectly your first try. And so we're still going to leave the episodes up, Um, you know, it's not going to be deleted. 
we're still going to keep the Instagram up, things like that, but we're just not actively going to be posting on it. But yeah, that's kind of a summary of the reasons why we decided to end the podcast. Um, We are, you know, slightly upset. We're sad that it's ending, but you know, we both have new things we're working on and we're really excited to put our effort into those new things. Yeah. And that's all, you know, very understandable. I mean, this is this is my second podcast, so I can definitely say that, you know, podcasting is a lot of fun, but it definitely is hard, you know, especially as teens, because there's just so much out there. There's so much research to be done. There's so much that goes into podcasting. You think that it's simple, and then you actually really start getting into it and everything, and you go, whoa, this is not in any way, shape, or form what I thought it was going to be. And it is a lot of trial and error. I still have a lot of trial and error with my podcast right now, you know, so it's definitely, you know, a learning curve. And just kind of wrapping it up here in the next few minutes, I would love to talk to you um, just about self-discovery in general. And Kyler, where do you think that you are on your journey to self-discovery? Um, you know, I would say I'm, we're going to go with kind of like three-fourths, 75%, you know, I got, I got a good chunk figured out here, but I think there's always more to be learning about myself. I'm always changing. I'm always trying new things because I like to try new things. I think it's a lot of fun. But with that, I learn new, a lot of new things about myself. Um, new fears, new like just different things that I didn't know before. And so, you know, but I would say homeschooling has really helped me understand a lot of the base. Like I think I have the base of myself down. I know who I am. I know basic likes, dislikes, fears, things like that. Who I am, how I function. I know that stuff. But I think a lot of the other things that I add on top of that, you know, I'm still working out. Um, uh, Recently, I've kind of gotten into a new topic, and I've, since the time I was in elementary school, very young, maybe first grade, second grade, I've said I was going to be a marine biologist. Everybody who knows me will tell you that I love marine biology, and I want to go into it as a major, and I've said that multiple times on this episode already, um, because it's one of my biggest goals, but I've recently found another topic that has really interested me and it's coming to par with marine biology and so that's just been in the past few months and so I think that really goes to show how much I don't know about myself um and I think I'm always learning but you know I think I've got the base figured out and I got past the base figured out but I think there's still a good chunk that I don't know about myself and that I'm still learning. And there are some things that, you know, I understand to some extent, but, you know, I'm still learning about them. And a lot of that is just trial and error and a lot of trial and error. Yeah, definitely. Self-discovery is 100% one of those things where you think you've got a good grip on who you are. And then it's like, whoa, you know, you try something new or something happens and it just... It really shows how it is just like a continuing journey for forever and ever and ever. And it's never really complete. Um, but it's it's a very fascinating and interesting journey to be on nonetheless. And everything that we've talked about here today, I, I've just absolutely loved talking with you here today. Um, we've talked about so many different interesting things between um, homeschooling. We talked a lot about homeschooling and I loved hearing all your opinions and thoughts about that. And then a bit about your podcast and now about self-discovery. And the final thing I would like to ask you is that what is one final piece of advice you would leave for anyone who is struggling with figuring out who they are? Yeah, so um, I've kind of repeated this a lot already, but to try as many things as you possibly can because you're not going to know what you like and what you don't like. But here's the thing. You find something you don't like, well, now you know what you don't like. You find something that you like, now you know what to look for, what to pursue. And I think that's something a lot of people, there's a fear that people have of not liking something. And, you know, I can understand it, but I think you got to push past that. I think you got to try as many new things as possible. Because if I didn't try some of the weird and funky things I've tried, I wouldn't know what I've liked, what I dislike. Um, And a lot of that just has come down to me trying different things. Um, You know, in the previous 
like a few minutes ago, I mentioned that I found a new subject that has been, is like competing interest levels with the subject that I've been interested in since I was in like first grade. And that topic is criminal justice. And I took that class. I took a class on criminal justice at 6.30 in the morning because I wanted to try something new. Because I was so determined to try new things that I was willing to get up at 6 a.m. to take a class. And it's become one of my new favorite subjects. And so had I not, you know, not liked the class, okay, well, I might have sacrificed my sleep a little bit. But just things like that. Um, I am a scaredy cat. So when my friend was like, you're coming to act in a haunted house with me one night, I was like, there's no way I'm going to like this. It is one of my new favorite activities to do during the fall. I love acting at this haunted house. It's so much fun. It's such a creative escape for me. I get to put on the mask of these crazy villains and bad guys and scare people. And it's a lot of fun. My parents tease me daily. I mean, not quite daily, but they tease me all the time about how ironic it is that a scaredy cat loves acting in a haunted house. And because I know that I am a scaredy cat, I was like, there's no way I'm going to like this. I'm going to hate it. I'm going to be terrified of myself or like other people around me. But I wasn't. I love it. And, you know, now that's a skill I have. That's something I know I like. And I, you know, just trying as many things as possible is really my biggest advice. Yeah, that is a really beautiful piece of advice to leave today, to leave everyone who's listening with today. And Kyler, thank you so, so much for taking your time out of, out for taking time out of your day to come on the show. I have just genuinely really enjoyed having a conversation with you. I find so many aspects of what we've talked about fascinating and I just had a wonderful time talking with you. Everyone, please make sure to go check out Kyler's podcast with Alex, which is called Teens Aged. Even though they have discontinued it, there is still a lot of wonderful information and different thoughts and ideas and opinions that you can find there. And their podcast can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many other platforms. So definitely make sure to go check it out. And thank you to everyone who's listening make sure to leave a review and follow us on Instagram at the Flower and Compass underscore podcast. I am your host, Maddie. This is the Flower and Compass. We will be back for another interview soon, and I hope you all have a magical day.